So we went over the CBS list of the best coaches in the Big Ten, but that was based on really whatever the experts wanted to rank them on. I wanted to get a little bit deeper into who's the best recruiting head coach in the Big Ten when it comes to putting your head down, getting out on the trail, and getting your guys. We'll find out here on today's show. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten alongside John Garcia, the director of recruiting over at Sports Illustrated. I'm Nate Dickinson. We're here to talk a little bit about the best recruiting coaches in the Big Ten. Uh, a lot of shows here went over as CBS had a list of the top power five coaches in the Big Ten come out over the course of the last week. And we talked here on the show, too, about who ended up where in that list. And I thought it'd be nice to go over with John, just the recruiting side of that, because that's a re- really unique side of just college football coaching that, of course, matters a ton. So, John, as we get into the conversation here, Let's start with just the biggest question. Who's the best recruiting coach or I guess coaching staff, you could say, because it is not just one guy in the Big Ten? Yeah, I think that's those are maybe two different answers, Nate. Uh, right. You know, I think the, the best recruiting head coach, uh, I mean, it could be it might be Mel Tucker, you know, as we as we kind of like examine the, the most recent few classes and where the trajectory might be going just in terms of one guy, but in terms of building a staff, delegating, maintaining a staff, I mean, it's gotta be Ryan day and Ohio state that that group has maintained, you know, the best recruiting uh, progress in, in the big 10 uh, really since the day that he took over and, you know, they, they've got superstar assistants, but he's keeping those assistants. So I think, you know, I was talking to a, a staff or recruiting staffer in the Big Ten this weekend, and, and he was like, man, look, a lot of these head coaches don't even recruit these guys every day. But, you know, it's it's a CEO business kind of deal, right? You, you're not really tasked with that. You're there to help identify and ultimately help close those deals much more so than dig into it when, you know, the kids are freshmen and sophomores in high school. So I do think from that standpoint, Ryan Day is maybe undervalued relative to the others. But, you know, Guys like Mel Tucker, I mean, they get after it, you know, really relentlessly. James Franklin on that same front. And Jim Harbaugh, I mean, obviously it's sometimes viewed as outside the box or quirky or corny maybe even, uh, but the results do speak for themselves. I think not only do you judge recruiters by their ability to land top kids relative to other schools, right? So Big Ten schools beating the SEC, beating Notre Dame for kids, but also the ability to eye and develop uh, some maybe undervalued recruits. And I think Michigan has quietly been a really strong developer of talent as, as well as just trying to contend in some of these big time battles. So unsurprisingly, and I hadn't seen the CBS list, you know, no disrespect to my former employers, but I'm sure, you know, those coaches were all high on the on field or game day, uh, you know, rankings in terms of how they coach on the field. And often that reflects recruiting as well, because it's, it is still a talent acquisition business. And, and every great coach will tell you that, you know, from, you know, Nick Saban to Woody Hayes of, of yesteryear, they're all saying, Hey, you know, you've got to bring in the talent, you know, coaching is, is just the next step thereafter. Well, Tucker's one of those guys, right? He's had the success that we know about. He's beaten Michigan. He's taken the Spartans to successful seasons right off the bat. Go a little bit more in depth about why it is he's the name that you bring up when you talk about just the special kind of recruiters as head coaches. 
I think there's just a kind of an element of there's like a no fear element in how Mel Tucker recruits. Um, I mean, they're going everywhere to bring kids on campus and they've done as good a job of, of getting recruits on campus outside of the Midwest and the Big Ten footprint as any coach has in that conference. And usually that's reserved for Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Uh, but really, Michigan State has been able to get a bunch of elite recruits on campus. And I think going into Dallas, going into Miami, going into Tampa and L.A., it just that used to just be no go territory uh, for a, a program like Michigan State. But, you know, Tucker's a little brazen and it, it may be to a fault. Uh, but the only way to get those guys is, is to act like that on the front end. And then you, you start to pick off one or two. And now all of a sudden it becomes a thing and, and you could develop a pipeline outside of, of the region. So I think that brazen approach resonates with recruits. Um, I, I've had kids tell me like, hey, like Michigan State wasn't in my top group, but they continued to recruit me anyway. And I loved that. So now I'm going to go visit. So that stuff, I, I do think it really uh, can make an impression because, you know, again, these, these are teenagers and things change every day for them. So the schools that are going to be consistent, uh, even outside of, of the conventional, you know, thought for elite recruits, those schools are going to continue to at least get them on campus. And then once you do that, you've got a fighting chance to actually land their commitments or their signatures when it counts most. So I think him being everywhere, you know, coaching down in the SEC, coaching in the Pac-12, and now up in the Big Ten, I think all those things certainly have helped him develop into a well-known recruiter. But, you know, every kid you talk to about him kind of lights up and has really positive things to say about the consistency and and again, that brazen approach of like, hey, I know you're looking at Ohio State and Alabama and USC, but, you know, we got something to sell for you at Michigan State, too. So I think that stuff resonates with kids. It's kind of ballsy and kids recognize that and they like it. John Garcia, Jr. with us here from Sports Illustrated. John, the names you've talked about are from the top programs so far, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, too. And what are... What's, who is someone else who does a really good job, you think, at, at what they're trying to do as far as building the program right now th that you think doesn't get quite the credit that it's deserved? It's, it's really the two schools that are considered outside of the Big Ten, you know, not boring, but, you know, just not as exciting to watch. It's Wisconsin and Iowa, and they're always in the mix. They're old school, great on defense. They can run the football. They're great up front always. That quarterback that doesn't turn the ball over. All these conventional things uh, that aren't as exciting as, as playing basketball on grass like, like most fans want, it, it still works. Uh, and I talked about, you know, the ways you identify a great recruiter, it's a twofold, right? Winning those high-profile battles, which those two won't, but the second part of it is eyeing your own type of recruits and developing him into something special for Saturdays and maybe even Sundays. And that's really where Wisconsin and Iowa in particular have, have just filled into their brand and just ran with it. And it's become just a consistent thing. And, and it becomes kind of the flip side where, you know, we're looking at recruiters, but then we also look at the recruiters and the guys they evaluate and we're like, hey, if Wisconsin's looking at this offensive tackle recruit and I'm not that high on him, do I now take a step back and say, well, maybe I should be a little higher on him or at least take a second look at the tape. I mean, that's, that's the ultimate respect uh, between the two parties. And I think those two programs in particular have long done a really good job at uh, building their type of culture, identifying their type of players. And look, they do it outside of the footprint as well. Um, but I just think it's, it's, it shows that you can go beyond, winning those high profile battles and, and still 
uh, create a winning product in, in a really competitive conference uh, like the Big Ten. I understand evaluating talent to a respect, but uh, I guess when I look at that kind of situation with the Wisconsin or an Iowa, I got to ask myself and I find myself asking myself, like, how much work is that at this point for those schools to recruit in those groups? Because to a point, there's part of me that thinks, well, Wisconsin and Iowa, they're always going to be able to recruit those positions. They've become the programs that have that. They're putting people in the pros there every single year. And yes, it's been built up over a long time. But at this point, I'm feeling like the work's almost halfway done for them by the time they get to the doorstep just because of the logo that they got on the shirt they're wearing. Yeah, uh, I think there's certainly some truth to that. But, you know, how about wide receivers in Ohio State? Or, you know, running backs at Penn State. I mean, there's there's other positions and, and programs that benefit from that same, same type of, of perception, but you still got to go and do it. You know, I think um, when we talk about kids going through the recruiting process, that that same field me and you have for Iowa and Wisconsin, they don't necessarily have on the front end, right? They're just like, oh, hey, they've, they've won some games and, you know, Iowa does the, the wave to the, the kids after the third quarter, and that's really cool. Uh, you know, they don't have that same grounded perception that we do with some of these programs so I do think there's there's two sides of that uh, as well but yeah look if, if that's your bread and butter and it works it's, it's going to keep working more times than not um, in recruiting so still trying to identify those type of guys makes sense but look I do think both programs are trying to work outside of that box uh, as well I know Wisconsin's been recruiting more, more mobile quarterbacks which is you know certainly a breath of fresh air uh, to a degree, you know, they just got a running back who's a smaller, shiftier, speedy guy, which is not something we always talk about uh, in the recruiting process. You know, Iowa's keeping five-star talent at home. You know, the rare Iowa prospects that are rated that high, they they landed one and kept them home last year with Xavier Wangfa, and they're in a good position to do the same this year with Caden Proctor. So they're, they're doing a little bit more outside the box, but conventionally, I do think that 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 bread and butter still sells, and, and certainly they're still closing the deal with those type of recruits. Rock Auto has the car parts that you need at the prices that you want. It's a place that cuts out the middleman when it comes to any sort of repairs or upgrades for your car. RockAuto.com can get you something complicated that you may not even understand to make sure you're getting the right part, or do something as simple as make sure that you got some fresh car mats for the big road trip coming up. Anything big or small, Rock Auto can do it for you, and you can head over to their site right now to see what I'm talking about. You don't have to leave the comfort of your home. You don't have to go over to any sort of middleman or anything like that that could jack up the prices if they even have the part you're looking for. And everything gets delivered straight to your door. Head on over to rockauto.com the next time you need anything done with your car, and at least give them a look. I promise you're, you're going to find something that you're going to want to, at the very least, look more into. And if you do end up using their service, be sure you let them know that we sent you by putting Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Is there a school right now in the Big Ten that is, from what you've looked at, kind of appealing on the front end to a lot of kids? A school that, that just seems trendy right now, flashy, or at least like is starting to attract the eye of players that it hadn't normally over the past like 20 some years? Yeah, I think over the last few years, I think Minnesota could be that school. You know, I think PJ Fleck, his, his very, you know, easy to see personality and, and attempted style, I think certainly resonates with recruits because like we talked about with Mel Tucker, there's a 
consistency or relentlessness there that would always resonate. So when kids get up uh, up to Minnesota, they are starting to to fall in love with the Gopher program. And, and look on the field, if you subtract that COVID year, I mean, you know this better than me. Twenty wins over the last two normal seasons. I mean, that's there's something to be said for that in a conference like the Big Ten, which again you start to look a little bit deeper. And I was doing some homework. I mean, top to bottom, this this could still very well be the best conference in the country. Uh, so, so 10 wins, an average of 10 wins a year over the last two regular normal non-COVID seasons is, is a pretty big deal. So I do think uh, they're able to go outside the footprint a little bit more than, than they could under previous regimes. Uh, and look, right now, you talk about a team we don't talk about, the hottest program in the Big Ten is Northwestern. Eight verbal commitments in the last week. Um, you know, Pat Fitzgerald and company is, is selling something very specific uh, out there and it's, it's working. And again, I, I talk about this all the time. They're able to push outside the footprint. They got a kid from like South Carolina. They just got one from Texas on Sunday, a, a linebacker that was kind of under the radar and had a breakout 2021 season. So they're also executing that combination of, hey, come play in the Big Ten and come outside of, of your comfort zone and, and get a great education on the back end of it. And it's becoming part of that vision. You know, some of their support staffers in particular have really laid some strong groundwork for this run uh, that Northwestern seems to be on in the recruiting trail. I think they had like the fourth most commits in the big 10, like a week ago. And now they have the most in the big 10, I think 14 commits over half of them in the last week. So uh, something's hot in the water over there. Um, at Northwestern. So they certainly deserve a shout. And I think that could be the urgency that maybe is needed uh, over there because there are certainly, I, I would say, longstanding questions with, with the ceiling for a program like that. So getting on a recruiting run could be a nice way on the front end to, to spur some positive momentum there. And, and to me, that's a smart decision from Pat Fitzgerald and company to push for maybe some prospects that are on that power five bubble or you know, some that aren't, you know, quite green lit for, for some other programs. So I think that's a nice play in the off season in particular. Do you think Northwestern's a team that can bounce back and to have some sort of sustained success here? Because Pat Fitzgerald was someone when we talked about just the regular old coach recruit or coach rankings that came out, he was listed as, I think it was number 21. And our lock on Hoosiers host came on. It was like, he's had three win seasons, two out of the last three years that that doesn't add up. What is it that like he, he does, I guess that you think is appealing to recruits. Is it legit what he's doing with what he's stacked up here? Yeah, that's, that's a really great question. You know, I, I think he, he does also put off a certain type of, of a mentality at a Northwestern where, you know, Hey, we're underdogs, we're undervalued and we can utilize that to, to move forward. And, and we've obviously seen them, uh, you know, pull some big upsets with that in mind. And I know they were in the big 10 title game not too long ago uh, as well. So I think when it all clicks, that's a program that can hit, but otherwise it's not. And I think that's what makes that job uh, so incredibly difficult, especially when you think of the scope and how top heavy that the Big Ten is with, you know, six or seven really strong, consistent teams, you have to rely on that that year where the stars kind of align. And I think that's a credit to uh, the resiliency there and, and probably the administration and sticking with a guy like that when, yeah, in other schools, you, you put a couple of three-win seasons up and, and you're out the door. But I do think that's a unique program uh, that has to do it a certain way. And, and that style with the academic rigors and again with who they're looking up at in the conference 
Uh, you've got to be patient with it and, and allow something to build up at a particular time. And that's probably not fair relative to some others, uh, but it kind of is what it is with the school uh, like Northwestern. But but look, it's, it's not for any lack of effort on their part. Uh, I do think that they're strong identifiers. Uh, they've been able to put some guys into the NFL, uh, but they have to develop them. And, and that takes time. And I think that's something that most people should should understand relative to others that can kind of jump up and have a great year like Indiana did a couple of years ago. I think that was more of a product of a change of coaching staff, change of philosophy, and it hit with some some newcomers. Uh, and, and we're seeing them try to do that again through the transfer portal. So I think that'll be interesting to, to look at those two almost in conjunction going forward. John Garcia Jr. here with us from Sports Illustrated. Uh, John, what's a team that's set to have that kind of a buildup, you think, over the next couple of years? As you look at the most recent recruiting classes and what coaches have tried to put together here, you mentioned there's teams like a Northwestern looking up at a lot of teams in the Big Ten. Let's be quite honest. Vast majority of the Big Ten is looking up at those few schools up right. at the top and trying to have just one of those seasons where they can compete. What's the school that you think is set up to do that? Just if things go right, of course, it's so hard to do before you even have players out on the field. Yeah, well, I think when you combine, you know, the, the traditional high school recruiting with the transfer portal in particular, I mean, in Nebraska and Indiana, I think hit it harder than, than just about anybody did. Uh, I think Maryland hit it at a couple of key spots, although they lost a, a lot of, of players through the portal as well. I do think from a, an ability to go into the big house or go into one of these, these atmospheres where you are going to be the underdog by a lot. And, and when you have to have an offensive element uh, that we haven't quite seen with some of those programs yet, I do think Nebraska, depending on how the quarterback deal sits, you know, settles out and Maryland even more so with, with Tingle Vailoa and Jacob Copeland coming in and those guys, I do think they have a higher probability of doing something like that. You know, I was checking in some stats last week and, I mean, Tingle Bailo was like a top 10 passer in terms of production last year. And I was I was kind of floored. I was just like, what in the world? I, I didn't even realize that. I know he turned the ball over a ton and their defense was horrible and all this other stuff. But, you know, maybe that's a program that if the stars align from a talent and offensive perspective, I could see Maryland being a, a bit of a dark horse in the Big Ten, not necessarily to win it but to upset some other folks' chances to, to win it. I think if there's, you know, one game and it's about talent and execution on one side of the ball, I do think that in, in the non-obvious tier of the Big Ten, I do think Maryland could be one of those programs. And, and again, I think Nebraska's gone all in on, on trying to figure this thing out through the portal. NIL's popping over there right now, I'm starting to hear. Uh, so their, their resources are all in on trying to fix this for 2022. So I'm curious to see how that looks, but I think Maryland's probably a little bit ahead of them at this point. I'd go Nebraska, Indiana uh, thereafter. John Garcia Jr. knows recruiting. He'll be on Locked On Big Ten again soon to talk more about it with us here on the show. Uh, John, thanks again for joining us and talking a little bit on some of the best recruiting coaches here in the Big Ten. Uh, again, we'll talk to you soon. Always a pleasure, man. Take care. Bet online covers all of your sports gambling needs. If you want all the information before you actually put your money anywhere, Bet Online has you covered. If you want to actually make those bets and make a wider variety of options of bets than anywhere else, Bet Online has you covered. If you want to go to a place where the website just looks nice, as not all sports betting websites do, 
BetOnline has you covered. Head on over to BetOnline right now for a one-stop shop for everything that you need going on with your sports gambling needs. It's really that simple. BetOnline and sign up for free right now. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Thanks again to John Garcia Jr. from over at Sports Illustrated for joining us as always on the show to talk recruiting. Always nice to be able to pick that big brain of his as he does more work than just about anyone out there in the research and keeping up with all of these guys. Before we leave, of course, everything that we couldn't get to today in Big Ten news, including Big Ten baseball honors. Tournament starts up here this week. We're going to have, of course, results from that here in this segment of the show later on in the week, too. But first, let's get to the big winners from the season. Chris Aline of Rutgers has been named Big Ten Player of the Year. Iowa's Adam Mazur has been named Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. And also Rob Vaughn of Maryland has been named Big Ten Coach of the Year as well. Those were the big honor winners across the Big Ten. Again, the Big Ten Tournament starting up here later on today as we get going in the postseason. A lot of really good baseball to be played. Top ten or top eight teams, of course, playing in it. And we'll have more on that later on here in the week. Coming up tomorrow, Jacob Rude is in. We're going to talk to him about Trace Jackson. Davis, he's returned to IU. What does that mean for the Indiana basketball team? And how does it change the landscape of what Big Ten basketball is going to look like next season? We'll talk to Jacob about that here tomorrow on Locked On Big Ten. 